coming up, the Cougars head to Boise for a battle on the blue, and we are in preview mode here in Studio C with Kalani, tight ends coach Steve Clark, and defensive end Corbin Kofusi as BYU football with Kalani Sitake starts now. All right, let's it go. Finds his guy. Touchdown. Hill for a first down and more. Hurdles his way. Touchdown. Quarterback tied definitely waiting, waiting. Here's the pass. Touchdown! Cross to Luke. Luke on the sideline to the 20. Touchdown, BYU! Wilson's pass is caught over the middle by Talon Shumway. Wilson airs it out for Bushman. What a throw. Wilson under pressure. He will take off. Oh my goodness! This is BYU Football with Kalani Satake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good evening, Cougar Nation. Happy Halloween Eve, and welcome back inside the BYU Broadcasting Building on the beautiful Brigham Young University campus in Provo, Utah, for another edition of... BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We invite you to join tonight's conversation by submitting questions for tonight's guests using hashtag Sitake Show on Twitter, as well as the BYU TV Sports Facebook and Instagram accounts. BYU Head Coach Kalani Sitake with me now on set. Kalani, good to see you. Good to see you, Greg. So, Kalani, it's a bit of a rough spot right now, uh, coming off the 7-6 to six home loss to Northern Illinois. You guys have had a few years, to, a few years, a few days to put it in the rear view and get ready for this next game. Uh, where's the team right now and kind of where are you at in relation to what was happening and what's about to happen? Well, you know, I think, um, unfortunately, we've been we're kind of used to this. We've been up and down quite a bit this year, and uh, our guys have always found a way to respond after a tough loss. Um, I've mentioned it before in the press conference that, that uh, you know, finding consistency is really important. That's my job as a head coach, and, and uh, I've done that that part well enough. So uh, we're looking to bounce back and go do something that a BYU team has never done, which is win at Boise. And, and uh, our guys seem to do well when no one believes that they can. So that's a... Uh, we should just do that every week, you know, and then find a way to get them to do something that no one's ever done every week for in BYU history. And so that's what we're looking to to do. And our guys, I think they're they're resilient, and um, the 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 feeling is still positive. You know, we're we're uh, uh, circling the wagons and then getting ready to roll. And I, I like the way we practice so far. I think they practice really well the entire year. The, the key has been executing in, on, on game day, and so that's. Uh, that we're trying to, that's what our focus mainly is trying to be consistent and do it throughout the game, start fast and do it throughout. And I've said that quite a bit, you know, but I, I think uh, we have to find ways to change things up and, and uh, you know, try to devise a scheme that really will put our guys in position for success, success in all three phases. So that's the goal. You're playing on the blue turf this week. Uh, you can't replicate the blue, but are you inside working on artificial turf this week in practice or we were, outside? We were inside yesterday and then today we were outside and it was a little cold, but. Uh, the guys got—they're used to it. They're fine, but I think uh, we'll, we'll kind of work on whatever. Uh, what doesn't really matter the surface. That's not the focus. We're just going to try to get as much work done and uh, find a way to execute and and, and be clean uh, on offense, defense, and special teams. And that's the key. Right? It doesn't really matter right now whether we're on turf or 
on natural grass. As we do at the start of our show each week, we take a little look back as to what happened on the previous weekend. Let's see how things unfolded on a sunny Saturday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. And BYU did score first in this game, and that's usually been a good sign in the Sitake era. It was the first quarter when Skyler Southam put BYU up 3-0. NIU in the uh, second quarter missing and keeping it 3-zip. And this game actually did go to halftime with BYU in front. And, and again, uh, Kalani's teams had never lost a game when leading at halftime until this particular game we're seeing right here. And this is a, a call in the back of the end zone that uh, inched them a little closer uh, to getting in, which uh, Childers did. Sooner yeah, there's little plays like that, you know, that we had them on, that were in fourth and two. They probably would have kicked the field goal to tie it up. But the key is when we get in the red zone, we have to punch it in and score touchdowns and not really settle on field goals. Um, and, and we can't make make mistakes that keep, uh, you know, shoot, we shoot ourselves in the foot, um, put ourselves in bad positions. And that's, uh, you know, got first down on the five yard line. We should be able to punch it in and, and get get a touchdown and get six. We're seeing that highlight run by Zach Wilson that includes a hurdle. And a half-stiff arm at the end of the thing. And uh, BYU was set up uh, first and goal at the five-yard line. One of the, one of the most improved elements of this year's BYU offense has been production inside the red zone with touchdowns and not field goals. The touchdown percentage rate much higher this year than last year. But BYU got to the five and uh, backed itself up with a couple of consecutive uh, false starts. And you were looking at first and goal from the 15 eventually after a second false start. And uh, didn't get all of it back. And I think the last offensive play you run before trying the field goal, Kalani, was involving uh, your left tackle, Brady Christensen, here with some creativity. Yeah, and, and I mean, we've practiced this. We missed a block there that, uh, to punch it in. But, um, you know, it didn't help ourselves by backing up 10 yards when we were on the five. And Scotter punched in the field goal and, and you know, felt like we are in good position still and could find a way to get a win and get, get touchdowns. But it would be nice to turn those two field goal attempts into touchdown. And uh, same thing with this on this drive. It's, it's a lot to ask for Scotter. I believe we got sacked and made it even a longer field goal for him on that play. It was a 51-yard field goal try that was missed in the fourth quarter at 7-6. to six. And then getting the ball back with the two-minute drill in effect after you punted and pinned Kalani this uh, play and interception. The lone turnover of the game essentially sealed the deal on this one. Yeah, and I mean, you have to give Northern Illinois a lot of credit. They, they know they had a really, uh, um, you know, good defense and has done, done great things all all year long on the defensive side. We just didn't come, come up with enough points, and I think we had a lot of opportunities. And, and stat wise, we should have should have found a way to win. And uh, it, it 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 sucks losing the, that type of game, especially when you feel like you did well on defense. And um, you know, we just have to find a way to score more points, and that's got to be the key. And utilize the strengths that we have on our team. These game stats that show Northern Illinois kept to just 204 yards on the day are brought to you by Nissan Intelligent Mobility. Now the most exciting tech you own is in your driveway. And uh, Kalani, you kind of expressed it. You just don't expect to lose games when you allow only seven points. Yeah, and I mean, listen, there's a, there's a lot of things to learn from in this game. And I think we're going to stay positive. I'm, I'm a positive person. I believe you can build when you're positive and, you, and, and negativity only destroys. So we, we've done some really good things, you know, and um, we just need to do it a lot more. And that's what I want to do. And that's my job as head coach. And I, I have not done that well enough this year. And I'm looking forward to getting that done and finding some consistency in these last four games that we have this remaining in the season, you know, and that's, um, that's the goal. I, I, I really believe that we have some really good talent and you saw some highlights and uh, we, we just can't keep shooting ourselves in the foot and I'll find a way to make it work.
Well, uh, you hope the uh, offense catches up a little bit to what the defense has been doing. Uh, I think two really nice defensive outings, a back-to-back against both Hawaii and, and Northern Illinois, and really against NIU, uh, defense played pretty lights out most of that game, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's some still some mistakes that were, were, were to be made, but I, I mean, I, I, when I say we did some really good things, I, I think defensively they're starting to really catch on and, and we're playing... Um, I remember a couple of weeks ago complaining about the fundamental part and not making tackles and thought we tackled a lot better and, um, and technique-wise we're getting better. But on every position that we've seen, we've seen a lot of growth and a lot of progress and it's, it's hard to lose games, but uh, you just can't let that cloud the fact that there's some good things going on. And um, we're going to have Steve Clark in here and his tight ends are doing an amazing job. And, um, you've seen a lot of progress in them, and that's even with dealing with some of the injuries that have happened. So uh, that's every team has to deal with injuries. We just have to keep uh, moving along and, and trying to stay positive and, and uh, keep building on, on uh, I think, a solid foundation that we have. We are, if you can believe it, uh, two-thirds of the way through this uh, 12-game regular season already. Eight down, four to go. Three of the four are away from home. So you know that if you want to get bowl eligible, you've got to win two. And at least one of those two wins will have to come on the road where you've played pretty well as a team this year. And so we see how it finishes out. We're into November. Boise, UMass, and Utah all on the road with that one home game remaining with New Mexico State. Again, you want all four. You've got to get a win at least two to get yourself a 13th game. Yeah, and we, we need that. We need that as a program. But I, I really want to win this next one. That's got to be the focus. And you look, we went three and one the first, first uh, um, third, and then went one and three, and then now let's see what happens and how we finish. I think that's going to be huge for our program and what we're trying to get done with our with our players and and trying to get those extra practices. Like that that extra opportunity for us to be together as a team is really more important to get the extra practice so we can and, uh, keep things rolling as a, as a, as a program. That's. That's important, but we, we need to win this next one, and I think that's going to be there's a huge sense of urgency from our team and definitely from me as a head coach, and, and uh, you know, I, I look forward to seeing our guys perform well. Cougars looking for their first win in Boise. Well, for your day-to-day Cougar sports play-by-play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Tomorrow, my guy Mitchell Jurgens joins those two. When we come back, Coach Sitake breaking down Boise State. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Yeah, that was our coach's show last year at this time when it was uh, Halloween night. We had the BYU Sports Halloween Spooktacular. Kalani was uh, one half of Millie Vanilli, I think. Uh, I was uh, Ron Burgundy. Jeremy and Spencer were Wayne and Garth from Wayne's World, and we had the whole community out in the parking lot at LES for Trunk or Treat. And it's back tomorrow night, actual Halloween night. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, the BYU football team and other teams taking some time to distribute candy and say hi to fans at Lavelle Edwards Stadium's parking lot. That's tomorrow night, and that is the BYU Athletics Trunk or Treat. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake here on BYU TV and BYU Radio. And uh, let's get right to it. Saturday night, late night, Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho. It's BYU and Boise. The Broncos already bowl eligible, 6-2, and playing well. And uh, BYU looking to get there, of course, eventually, but one at a time. And the next one up is in Boise. And here's some Boise not playing on the blue turf. But uh, they've gotten themselves six wins in eight games. They're averaging about 40 points a game right now. Kalani, kind of a typical Boise outfit, right? Yeah, well-coached team. And, and they've had uh, – I mean, Rippon's been there forever now. So he's a seasoned vet and going into his senior year. And so uh, they're well-coached and um, really fundamentally sound. And they work with great technique, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a tough task, especially especially at home. But uh, I feel good about our guys, and, and we're going to have to really keep our identity going of being a, f- a physical, tough team and 
make it really hard for them to, to have success on the field. I think our, I like the look in our guys, and I like the, the challenge, and I think our guys are, are willing to, to answer the call. Now, Boise's always been a really high-scoring team, but in the four games BYU's played up there, they've really only gotten loose and scored a big number one time when they won 55-30 a few years back. The other three games, they scored 28, 28, and 7, and those three games were all one-point losses for BYU. So BYU has made it interesting when they get up there, and you hope to do it again, but just uh, be on the right side of it this time. Yeah, and, and, and I think the key, I mean, we, we understand what it's going to take, and, um, you know, having everything, I, I love the way we practice, and, the way our guys prepare, and we just need to see it on Saturday night. Uh, I think our guys are ready, ready for this, this game. What do you remember, remember from your first game as a head coach up there in 2016 with BYU? Um, probably a lot of things. It's the turf itself, you know, and um, we had really good fan support there, and, and um, I, thought, I thought our guys played well. I, I remember, I think, that Jamal got banged up in that game. Um, and so, you know, we had to test our, our depth quite a bit, but... Uh, we'll, we'll do the same thing with our team now. That's that's part of the game, and our guys. I think our guys are, are going to be ready. It'll, it'll, be, it'll be exciting. We, I know a lot of guys in that coaching staff, and and there's some, uh, you know, with with our schedule being independent, these are one of the teams that we're familiar with that we get to play, uh, you know, pretty much every year. Every year, so, through, I think what 2023 maybe yeah, is what it's so up that, to right they're, now. We're really familiar with each other, and and uh, that's why we consider them a rival game. Uh, the the quarterback uh, of Boise State is Brett Rippon. Uh, he's eighth in touchdown passes nationally. He's eighth in pass yards per game, 11th in, uh, in pass efficiency. I know you like to focus more on, uh, on your team than what the other team might be doing statistically, but you have to acknowledge this guy is one of the best they've got in college football right now. Yeah, and when he has time to set his feet and throw, he's really dangerous. And you see all the highlights here. He's making the plays when he's just got tons of time. And so I think one of the keys is to make him really uncomfortable and, and find ways to get to him. Otherwise, he'll really hurt you. He's an accurate thrower, and uh, he has a physical line that can provide him some time, but uh, we, we need to make it really difficult for him. And you've, and what our guest tonight, our player guest, Corbin Kafusi, has helped to make it difficult on opposing quarterbacks from different places on the field lately. He's really been a versatile player for you and not a typical defensive end right now. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of guys that we've asked to, to change things. I mean, Diane's moved from corner to, to safety, and same thing with Troy Warner, but um, Corbin, I'm excited about his future because I think he can do so many things. He's Showing so much versatility on the football field. We're talking playing, next level now, right? Yeah, yeah, next level playing back. I mean, there's, there's just so many things that the scouts love about him that they weren't able to see before, and they saw that this year, him being a spy against Khalil Tate and others, and I think it's really done well for him. But I just love his attitude and the way he leads this team. And he's toughing things out. We see him play with that elbow brace on right now, so he's, he's, uh, yeah. he's hanging in there. I think he just wanted to look a little bit like uh, <laughs> RoboCop or something, yeah. <laughs> He had the pink accessory last week for the, uh, for the cancer awareness game. Nice touch. Uh, all right, fans, a reminder to check out BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano. It's the latest in Cougar sports with a social media twist. Watch it right now on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, IGTV, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. As we head to break, we want you to know that you can enjoy a full hot breakfast buffet, dinner Monday through Wednesday, a kitchen, and a large grassy backyard along the Provo River Trail, all at the Residence Inn Marriott in Provo. After the break, the coach takes your questions in studio and from social media. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. It was another good week for our Cougars in the NFL. You see Fred Warner with the 49ers. Also had a fumble recovery along with his tackle tally in that loss to the Cardinals. Taysom Hill. Throwing passes, catching passes, running the ball, doing it all. Kyle Van Noy, huge night last night for the Patriots. A couple of sacks, including a strip sack. 
He had hits on the quarterback, led the team in tackles, the fumble recovery that uh, Patrick Chung ended up recovering, and Jamal Williams for the Green Bay Packers has a little, uh, a few more carries to pick up, I think, with the uh, pack trading away Ty Montgomery today. So it's Aaron Jones and Jamal now in the backfield in Green Bay. Those are our Cougars in the NFL. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Time for some Q&A for the coach. We have some questions from uh, studio audience and from social media using the hashtag Sitake Show. Let's get right to our uh, live studio audience and our good friend Brenton Farrell is at the mic. Brenton, how are you? I'm doing well, Greg. Good to see you. Good to see you. Well, coach, this is um, on Saturday for as a fan for me, it was a little frustrating to hear a lot of boos coming from from the stadium. And I know that you love the fans and love their criticism and accept that. But is there maybe a better way to do that than booing on the field that, that can you know still get the criticism across without maybe being so disheartening sometimes? I, I look at it a different way. I think our fans care. And, and um, my job is to turn the boos into cheers. So that's, that's how I look at it. And I, I, I've said it before, I don't tell fans how to act or how to behave or cheer or boo. I just love the fact that they're there and they support us, you know, and um, and if I can get them to cheer all the time, then there's no then there's no issue. So that's what it comes down to. But I love BYU fans, and I love that they care. And I know they can get frustrated and disappointed, and so am I, you know. And and uh, I promise I'm gonna do everything I can to make sure that they they can cheer. That's that's my job. I, I believe that for all of the uh, all the fans who get a question asked in studio, they get a special Halloween treat, don't they, Julian? Enjoy that squeezable rat, all right? And is it, a Kalani, is it a Kalani signed rat? Brenton, did Kalani sign that? Yes, he did. It's a Kalani Sitake signed rat, everybody. So uh, One of four. <laughs> these will be very valuable. I don't know if I'll ever sign another rat again. <laughs> Twitter brings us this question uh, from, from a Twitter handle that's just, it's just too long for me to actually read. Uh, as an offense, do you feel more confident Going for it on fourth and five, or fourth and yeah, fourth and five versus attempting a fifty-plus yard field goal. Well, with Scott, with Scotter, I think we can. He can kick. He's got a strong leg, and and um, I I like to go for it on fourth down, and I like to kick deep field goals. It all depends on um, what I th- what I feel is is the right call at that time. And um, my job is to prepare to make sure that we're we're in a position to have success. And um, you know, I second guess a lot of things afterwards, and so. If we make the field goal, then it was a great move, right? And if we didn't get the, if we didn't convert on the fourth down, so the best way to make me right is to always convert on fourth downs and always make field goals. And that's after after the fact. I think it's important that I need to um, do the research and see what we're good at. And that's why I decided to punt it on fourth down instead of uh, go for it. I thought that we could pin them, and I thought our defense was playing well. And uh, you know we. I didn't know the punter was going to boom the kick like that. And, but we got the ball around the 33-yard line with, with uh, four downs to work with and a timeout in two minutes. And that's, I thought I had, I had a lot of confidence that our offense could do, do, do well in that situation. Okay, back to our studio audience here in Studio C. And uh, the next winner of a Kalani Sitake signed rat is Kyle. Hello, Kyle. <laughs> Hi, Coach. Um, you know fans love to see uh, sacks, uh, hurries on the quarterback, uh, you mentioned earlier that that is one of the emphasis emphases that you're putting on this week. Is that something that uh, you need to change schematically, or what? What's the plan to see see more hurries on the quarterback? Well, there's there's always a risk at it too. You know, um, everybody would love to get 
uh, to the quarterback. Um, the, the most ideal way is to do it with a one-man rush. Uh, that, that would be ideal, right? That'd be a perfect world. But um, in order to, to do it, you need to bring, I think a base defense is bringing four. And so just to educate everybody on it, and, and any more than four is, is considered a blitz. And so when you do that, you're, you're risking the chance of having some open space and coverage. And uh, I think it's important that we, we do the risk versus reward type of deal. And, and try to find the best time to do that. I, and it, it changes week to week and quarterback to quarterback and uh, scheme to scheme. But uh, I'll probably say that no matter when and how many sacks we get, I'll say that every week. And I think that's the defense's job is to disrupt and find ways to make a quarterback's life un, uh, unpleasant in the backfield. Kyle, thank you. Uh, Julian. <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Enjoy thank your you. side drive. Social media at 12 Aust Anderson from Twitter. Kalani, how do you and your staff balance the challenge of recruiting at a school with such a high academic standard? Well, that's just what it is. It's, it's, it's difficult, and not everybody can um, be here with the, to match the, the difficulty in the academic standard. We have a standard of living that's, that's different and difficult and unique, and that's why BYU is a, a difficult place to be. But it doesn't mean that it's not right and doesn't mean that you won't learn and, and make great memories here, you know. So... Um, I think the challenge for us in recruiting is to get on young men earlier so that they can, uh, we can get them to, to have a, a plan to get their, their GPA and their test scores up so that they can uh, get admitted into school here. And that's kind of a different strategy that, they, that we haven't done in the past and is to try to get on young people um, earlier in, in their high school career. Okay. Uh, we have a question from uh, Cassidy Stoffer on Twitter. Question is, what do you want to see from Zach Wilson? In his third start, which is that, so what it'll be on Saturday? Oh, just to keep doing what he's doing. I, I think he, he's a guy that's really hard on himself, you know, especially after a loss, and he wants to have success on the field. But he, all he cares about is winning for the team. He, he's not really concerned about stats, and so for me, I want him to um, feel like he can let it rip and not not feel um, nervous about making a mistake, which is it happens sometimes with with young freshmen. I think that uh, he knows that this team has his back. Our our players on our team have, have their backs and have, they have each other's back. There's nobody pointing any fingers, and we want them to just go out there and be aggressive and, and, and let it rip and have fun. And that's, that's going to be the goal for this weekend. You're only, you're only worried about uh, five days in the future, but what do you see long-term in the career of Zach Wilson? When you see him in practice and you see him in meetings and you watch him in games, uh, what does your mind allow you to, to project about him or think about him? Well, I mean, I think uh, not to make any statements, but I just love the way he prepares for every game. And he's been doing that as a backup and, and now as a starter. He's been consistent in his, in his preparation. And so um, we have a lot of guys like him that, that are ready to, that are just ready for, for their chance. And, and um, you know, and, and, and he's been one that's been competing and, and has earned the right to be on the field. And so I, I, I'm not going to make any statements about his future because I think he's going to prepare for that. But I mentioned that the quarterback position should be full with talent, and I feel good about the guys that are in that position group right now and the competition that is going to be going on that continues to go on now but will continue to go on for, for years to come. I, I'm really excited about the group. Okay. Uh, more, more Q&A for our additional guests uh, coming up a little later on in the show. As we head to break, a reminder, Wednesdays at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio, you can get better acquainted with Cougars past and present on Behind the Mic, a weekly hour of in-depth conversations. Tomorrow night's guests are men's basketball assistant coach uh, Quincy Lewis and former Cougar great, the sixth all-time leading scorer of Cougar Hoops, Russell Larson. Listen to it tomorrow night 
8 Eastern, 6 Mountain on BYU Radio. Coming up next, Corbin Kalfusi joining us. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Welcome. Seven. They still get pressure on McDonald. Caught from behind, drop, big loss on the play. Corbin Kalfusi to the 45-yard line. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Well, he leads BYU and is in the national top 25 in sacks. He also leads BYU in tackles for loss and hurries and passes broken up. He is not your average everyday defensive end. He is senior Corbin Kofusi. How about a hand for Corbin joining us on the Sitaki Show? Hello, Corbin. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. So it's another season where BYU has uh, happily met its Kafusi quota. We've got to hit a quota every year. And uh, there always has to be at least one of you around. And we've done more than one this year. Uh, quickly, give us the roll call. Most people know, some may not know, that we have four of you guys. There's four of us. There's myself. I'm the oldest on the team right now. And then my little brother's also on the team. And we look a lot alike. And then you have my cousins, who are also brothers, Isaiah and Jackson. So that's the four of us, and we're, we might have overreached the quota, but, <laughs> but it's good. And you've all got stats. You've all played. Yeah, that's, it's, you know, it's been a great thing for us, and so we love it. Did you always think you'd be able to play alongside uh, not just one but two brothers at BYU? Was that always something like this is going to happen? No, that was never. <laughs> I thought maybe one, and then I didn't even get to play with Bronson. Now that I'm with Devin and I say in them, it's like, whoa, there's, we've got a family reunion every day at practice, so it's a good time. Uh, and people obviously are aware that you've done more than just one sport here at BYU. Uh, was it always going to be two sports for you here? Oh, I, it was supposed to be no sports, to be honest. <laughs> I remember I was kind of the late bloomer in my family, and I was kind of the one that wasn't very athletic. So I was studying because I'm like, I got to go to BYU on athletics or on a academic? Know, an academic scholarship because I don't think I'll make athletics. So it's just kind of been a dream come true. Kalani, can you believe that? Um, no, but I'm glad that he's playing with us, and I'm glad that he uh, he's a two-sport guy. You, you say a late bloomer, and not very, but you're all it's all relative because certainly you had talent, you had skill, you had abilities. It kind of it was it was kind of weird because before, to be honest, I I don't think I was very good. Like I look back and the little film that we do have, I was like, wow, <laughs> that was rough times. Where do you think you've uh, Where do you think you've improved the most as a football player? Uh, as a football player, like from when to when, just like in general. From start from, to finish, near close to the finish. Um, well, first of all, I, I, had, I wasn't very athletic in high school, early high school, and so I was just kind of another body on the field. And so definitely growing late helped with that. But I think just all the help around me has helped me to, you know, sharpen my skills and my techniques and whatnot. And so I still have a long ways to go, but it's had a lot of help on the way. Do you think about playing football professionally? You know, yeah, if the opportunity is there, I think every guy that plays, you know, you want to play as long as you can, and if that's an opportunity, then definitely want to take it. Okay, uh, you, you've got 15 career sacks now, and, but you're doing much more than just rushing a quarterback this season. You've kind of been all over the place the last few weeks. How would you describe your role or your position right now on this football team? Um, I, just, I just realized that I love playing football. I like being a football player, and so... Wherever the, they think I can be used the most to help the team, that's, that's kind of what I do. And so whether it be lining up in certain positions and whatnot, I'll just do whatever I'm asked. 
Are you kind of excited to see the game plan week to week in terms of where you're going to be? Yeah, yeah, you know, it is interesting now that we switch it up. It's like, oh, maybe I'll be a corner this week. No, <laughs> I could never do that. <laughs> but I just, I just do whatever. Uh, Kalani, are there any corner skills there? <laughs> no. No, but, I mean, <laughs> no, but he's, he, he can do a lot of things. He's really athletic, and I think he's... Um, I, I think he's just kind of playing around a little bit, but I think that he, he, he doesn't talk about himself. He's humble that way, but he's a really good athlete. You've seen him on the basketball court, and, and the things that we've asked him to do, we just don't do that unless you have the athleticism, the, the speed, and, and the, the, the mind to do it. And so he's a complete athlete on the football field, and I think he has a, a great future in, to put in the next level. And, uh, and he, we've, we've seen the, the versatility that he has, and I think he's got all the athleticism and the the talent to even go play, uh, you know, next level in basketball if he wants to, Europe or something like that. I mean, he's he's growing this mustache that would match playing ball in Italy or something like that. So, but uh, he's a great young man, and I love having him around the team. And uh, it's been really fun since I recruited you from warm-ups in the basketball game that one. <laughs> you, uh, you, it's a team win, it's a team loss, of course, mm -hmm. but the defense played a really good game against NIU. If you had to just focus on that side of the ball and how the group is performing right now, what could you say? The outcome wasn't what you wanted, but as a group, uh, the, the performance overall. You know, I think overall, from week to week, it's kind of been up and down on how our mentality is as a defense. And so I think this last week we did, we definitely have been doing better in the last two weeks on how we approach offenses and just the kind of aggressive mindset we've had. But there's definitely things to improve on, obviously. And if we could have shut them out, that would have been great. Boise State, a much different team than Northern Illinois, much more productive and prolific team. Mm -hmm. uh, what are some, uh, some talking points that you already have having been through a couple of days of, of Boise prep? I think a big thing for us is going to be able to once again, and this is always in every game, but getting pressure on the quarterback, you know, he's, he's taken some hard hits throughout the season, so if we're able to do that as well, that'll be huge for us. You've had the one experience up there on the, uh, on the blue turf. What sticks, to, uh, stick with, sticks with you from the game in 2016? Oh, that was, a, that was a fun game. It's surprising how loud it gets mm. in that stadium. You know, it's not like it's the biggest stadium that we've ever played in, but definitely their fans are, you know, they have a great fan base, and so it's fun to play in a high-energy stadium. Kalani referenced it earlier, too. You're coming off a loss, and this team, when they've come off losses, it's tended to kind of, um, whether it's refocused or feel like a little back-against-the-wall type thing, have a good response. Uh, do you sense that that's what this team sometimes needs, is a little bit of a jolt, a little bit of a jostle to, to get ready? And how do you feel the team can and will respond Saturday? You know, I think it's always good to be reminded or to be humbled in some way. Now, of course, you don't want to play the season off, okay, let's lose so that we can win the next week. But you definitely have to take things to heart. And so I think the guys are doing a great job at that, that everyone kind of has to take a look in the mirror and be like, okay, I got to get myself going a little bit more this week. And I think it, it has been a great thing because everyone on our team is a, a competitor. You know, everyone fiercely com competes every day. And so it's good for us. And Kalani, what kind of off-the-field leadership do you get from, from Corb? Oh, he's, he's, a, he's a fun person and um, uh, he speaks Korean, you know, so... <laughs> But, I mean, he's just, he's just you look at him, he's always smiling and he's always having a good time. And we talked about as, as a team to have, um, bring joy to the football field and things that you do and that you're passionate about. And he's a, a great example of that. And, and our, I think our guys, they, 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 they've, they just kind of, they're attracted to him, being around him just because of his positive outlook on life. And he's done that everywhere he goes, it, you, whether it's playing basketball or football or just hanging out and playing Fortnite. He's, the, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great person to be around because he has so much positivity and he's a lot of fun. 
All right, we're positive that uh, Corbin will stick around for our next segment or two, so stay where you are. Uh, fans looking for an even more convenient way to shop at Smith's? Try Smith's Click List. Order online, then pick up curbside at the store. Visit smithsfoodanddrug.com for details. Thursday night, check out the BYU men's basketball team in action. For the final time in the regular season, it's BYU and Westminster on BYU TV and BYU Radio, 9 Eastern on Thursday night. After the break, tight ends coach Steve Clark joining us on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, healing for life. Welcome back, BYU football with Kalani Sitake here in Studio C at BYU TV. We're also live on BYU Radio. Use the hashtag Sitake Show on Twitter and comment on the BYU TV Sports Facebook and Instagram pages for a chance to see your question asked during our next Q&A session coming up in just a little bit. Well, in its third season on the BYU staff and back at BYU after a grad assistant stint alongside Jeff Grimes in the early 2000s, Steve Clark is coaching the Cougar tight ends and is now a first-time guest on the Sitake Show. Hello, Steve. Hi. Good to see you. Good to be here. Thank you. So I've talked with you at length about your coaching career, and length is an appropriate word because it was a long road that you took to get back to BYU. Would you mind sharing with folks where you've been? And it really started across the street at, at Provo High, right? Uh, how much time do you have? I mean, we have enough a, time for you. Yeah. So it started at it really started at Timview High School. I coaching. I started coaching freshman football, and just worked my way up, and then went to Provo High, uh, then. Um, Kyle Whittingham was actually kind enough to bring me on as a, a volunteer assistant at University of Utah. Um, then I went to St. Mary's. Um, which had a football program which at had the a time. Football you weren't program. just there hanging out. They no, actually did no, have football. I wasn't yeah. coaching basketball. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it had, and, and they shut down the program as soon as you know, I thought I'd made it. And got there, we played a season, and, and then they shut down the program. So I went back to Utah. I uh, went to Southern Utah. I was offensive coordinator for um, Coach Lamb for six years. Then I went to, well, actually, I went back to Utah and then went to, to, to BYU with Bronco when Bronco took the job here. I can't remember all this. See, I told you it was a long road. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, uh, so I was a graduate assistant for Bronco. Then I, Coach Lamb hired me at Southern Utah. And then I went with Jay Hill to Weber State. I was offensive coordinator there and then back to to BYU. Brings us to the current day, just like that. Yeah. So you've crossed paths with a lot of guys on the staff you're with right now. Absolutely, yeah. I have. What's been the most rewarding thing about being in the, in the current room you're in right now uh, with the BYU offense? I think, um, so, you know, I coached uh, Fessy, and then he was my GA, and then we both traveled together. Uh, he was my receiver coach at, at Southern Utah, and then, and then we went to Weaver together, so I've known Fessy for a long time, and I've known A-Rod for a long time, and I've known Jeff. We've stayed in contact for a long time. So, you know, getting to work with, with those guys, and then, you know, um, you know, Ryan Pugh and AJ came in, and they're just, they're just they're great people. They're great coaches, um, but they're even better people, and it's, it's, just, it's fun to go to work every day knowing you're going to be around quality, good people. Kalani, what made you uh, want to bring Steve Clark onto your staff? First of all, he's brilliant. He's got a great football mind, and um, and I just love how he is with his players. You know, and uh, getting to know him. I mean, I when he was at St. Mary's, I was at Southern Utah with A. Rod, coaching against him in that game, and um, 
that you can see how much passion he has for for coaching and how much passion he has for teaching uh, people and young people and um, everyone that he's coached. They just speak great things about him and getting to know him and as a person. I've been really impressed with him as a, as a father and a husband, and he's a great a great man that to be around. So that's uh, I, I just. I just know I wanted to have him part of our staff. I wanted to have him around me, and uh, he's a great friend, and I just love him to death. But he's a great coach, and look what he's doing with the tight ends. But he just has that effect on people, and um, and he's resilient. The guy just works hard, and and uh, just finds ways to make it work. And and, and uh, just been really, really good to have him on staff and to, to have him work alongside me. Steve, you've coached both sides of the ball over the years, more offense than defense, uh -huh. but uh, tight ends as a position group would have been your first time with that particular group when you came to BYU, right? Uh -huh. So what about that particular assignment, tight ends, appealed to you, and what have you enjoyed most about working with the current guys you've got? What appealed to me was Kalani said, uh, we'd like you to be the tight ends coach, and I said, okay. <laughs> that sounded pretty good to you. Uh, yeah. 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 That, was, that was done. I mean, he could have said, we want you to, you know, oil the T's or something. I said, okay, but... Um, you know, it's what I like about it, and, and being a coordinator, you kind of have to know all everything. The, everything. Yeah. And so I knew about it, but what I really like and really enjoy about it is that you're involved with everything. You're involved with the run game, the pass game, the protections. I mean, you're working with, I'm working with Ryan with the, with the run game and protections. I'm working with Fessy and, and A-Rod with the pass game. It's, it's, you're, you're involved with, with all of it. That's what I like the most about it. You lost Moroni Laulupututau relatively early in the season. He's still fourth on the team in catches, which shows how frequently he was targeted. Uh, meantime, Bushman and Holker are still getting it done. They've got three seasons together, which is pretty appealing, I think, in and of itself. But uh, him especially, Dallin Holker coming in as a youngster, being able to learn a bit from Matt, uh, those two guys have been real go-to guys for you. Yeah, and, and Corbin doesn't know this, but he's going to be playing for tight end for us. Oh, okay. <laughs> We've had a few guys try it out, so yeah, why not Corbin? Um, I really loved the group, and, 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 and someone who we haven't talked about is Hank Tuipoloto, who um, tours ACL in practice, and he would have been someone that we would have used. Um, in He'd just Bronx. been activated, basically, right? He'd basically yeah, yeah. just been activated. We, we had him in the game plan. Uh, the first practice, you know, him knowing that he was going to be playing that week, just freak thing, and he and he and he tore his his ACL. So, you know, it's it's Matt and uh, and and Dallin, and then um, Addison Pulsar Addison comes, gets in, comes in and yeah. plays. You yeah. know, he's he's more of the. I mean, he's two hundred ninety pounds, so he's more of a, a third tackle for us. But um, yeah, it's exciting to have uh, such good players, that, and I'm blessed to have such good players to work with. All right, looking ahead to Boise State a bit, Steve. They're more generous, probably against the pass than the run. Uh, middle of the pack team in scoring defense, but they make up for it by scoring about 40 a game. Mm -hmm. uh, teams oftentimes get into shootouts with these guys. Yeah, and 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 you know we're, we've got to be pre prepared for that. And um, you know we we have a game plan for them, and and. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to, you know, try to, to keep up with them. But we also, you know, it'll be good to, to eliminate turnovers, to possess the ball a little bit and, uh, um, you know, score. When we get in the red zone, that was what, what we lacked last week is, is scoring. And we've been good at that, but we, we didn't do it last week. So. All right. We've got Q&A with Clark and Kofusi coming up next and more signed rats as well. Mondays <laughs> at 1 Eastern, we talk with the BYU football coordinators on Coordinator's Corner with Jeff Grimes, Elisa Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb. That's Mondays, 1 Eastern, 11 Mountain on BYU TV and BYU Radio. After the break, Q&A for our guests as BYU football with Kalani Sitake continues.
freshman, sophomore, tight end. Favorite movie, Dark Knight. Favorite non-BYU sports team, The Saints. Bucket list place to go, um, Italy. Favorite music group or artist, Drake. Favorite food, steak. Would you rather sing or dance? Uh, sing, beach or mountains, beach. Favorite TV show, uh, into you. Favorite non-football hobby, fishing. Favorite athlete, uh, Gronkowski. Biggest fear, drowning. Favorite superhero, Superman. Michael LeBron. Michael, favorite coach, Coach Clark. Yeah. So we got we got uh, here we got we got a coach. Welcome back to uh, BYU football with Kalani Satake, brought to you by Yoder Mountain Healthcare. We got a Coach Clark, a Drake, and a steak. That's all good. Uh, time for some more Q and A, uh, and we've got uh, we've got Corbin Kofusi and Steve Clark with us, and we start here in our live studio audience. And again, a reminder: uh, all of our live audience questioners receive a Kalani Sitake signed rat once you're done. So you're pretty excited about that, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right, that's Cooper Smith. Go ahead, Cooper. Um, what age do you recommend doing tackle football? This is for Coach Clark. Um, well, that's a, that's a good question. I've heard a lot of different opinions on that. Um, you know, I think it's something you need to talk with your parents about and, you know, <laughs> see what they recommend, especially your mom. But I think around, I mean, I started when I was uh, probably eight, and it stunted my growth. So <laughs> I would say 12, between 12 and 14 is the best time, I would say. But it depends on the, on the person. Thanks, Cooper. Talk to your folks, okay, especially mom. Uh, Julian, rat time. Oh, no. Oh, there he is. Thank goodness. <laughs> and Kalani did sign these in silver Sharpies, so, uh, yeah. Treasure it. All right, uh, Scott Hill on Facebook for Corbin. Uh, Corbin, who's the best athlete in the Kofusi family and why? Oh, man, this is always a debate that we have. You know, and it's, it's ongoing. People move up in the rankings, move down in the rankings. So. No, a lot of the times we, we do like to shout out to my older sister, Alexis, because like, she played basketball here, but a lot of people don't know. Like My dad will always say she would have been the best linebacker. Wow. Like the best football player in our family. Like, so she's, she more instinctive than you on putting the football? I mean, uh, well, she can hit you. I'll tell you okay. that much. No. <laughs> but, yeah, so she, she's an athlete for sure. But everyone in the family, you know, has their, their things they're good at. By the way, update us on uh, where is Bronson these days? What's he doing? Bronson's uh, with the Jets right now in the practice squad, and he's loving it out there. You know, went from the Ravens over to there. And so he's having a good time. A little bit of a change up, but it's been good for him. Where's he living? He's living somewhere in New York, like, and I don't, or I think he might be in New Jersey. I don't even know. He's, but all I do is see pictures of him and his wife, like, going and eating at these cool places, and I'm like, must be nice. <laughs> uh, Jeff Rollman on Facebook for Coach Clark. Steve, what are the kinds of things you're looking at in the booth during a game or from the booth? So the first thing I do is I give, uh, I give uh, down and distance and hash to uh, Jeff. Um, I'm pre-snap. I'm telling him the. I, I try to give. I try to paint a, a picture for him of uh, front and coverage, and I'm always trying to give him um, the blitzes that are happening at, at the time that they that they happen. And then, I'm, then on top of that, I'm trying to watch the tight ends and see, you know, how they do. So, it, it there's a lot of uh, a lot of talking pre-snap. The, the five seconds, three seconds before pre-snap, I'm trying to paint a picture of him so he can kind of see in his mind what's going on. Just a, a parenthetical question here. 
does does the coordinator determine how and what he wants the conversation to sound like on the headset between play? Like, does he kind of set the rules in terms of I only want to hear one voice, two voices? I mean, is it pretty well controlled by the coordinator? Oh yeah, we've heard shut up a lot of times. <laughs> shut, up. <laughs> shut up, one person talking right out of and and at at times it can get too much traffic going on and he can't think so. Um, when the play's over, I tell him down distance hash and, and the personnel that I see them in, whether it be base or nickel, and then I, I stop. You back out. Okay. Uh, at Caleb underscore Lemming on social media for Corb. Similar question, but uh, who's the best basketball player in your family? This is, this is another hard one. You've got to claim this one. I, I claim it, but at the same time, like everyone has their things. And my dad is surprisingly good. He's got some touch. But, you know, if it's out of the siblings, I think i take that for sure. And I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but I'll, I'll take them all in one-on-one and they'll know. No, anyone who's undefeated at Gonzaga can claim best basketball player in the family, I think, is what you can do. Yeah, exactly. How much do, how much do you miss hoops, by the way? You love what you're doing. Don't get me wrong, but how oh, much yeah. do you miss that, that whole environment? Um, you know, it's fun. You, you miss... You know, playing basketball is definitely a good time. But the good thing is, you know, you can play it on the side. Basketball is something that, you know, hardly ever do you get too old for it. You know, it's not every day I get a after football ends. It's not like I'm going to call up 22 people and be like, let's strap <laughs> on some pads and hit each other. But you can go shoot anytime. So, but yeah, you you can, go. we got basketball hoop in the back, so it's good. All right, break time. The number one undefeated women's volleyball team is in the Smithfield House Friday against conference rival San Diego. Watch it on BYTV 9 Eastern. We're back after this with final thoughts on BYU football with Kalani Sitake. Saturday night pregame coverage for Boise State and BYU begins at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time with Cougar Pregame Live on BYU Radio. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff starts right at 9 Eastern. Then the game itself is on ESPN2 and BYU Radio, followed by postgame coverage on both BYU Radio and BYU TV. We have got you covered. Welcome back to our final minute of BYU football with Kalani Sitake, presented in part by Smith's Low Prices Market Fresh at Smith's. Well, Kalani, you've been, ex- you've been expecting and hoping more consistency uh, from your team. And generally speaking, uh, road games have given you some pretty good efforts this year, and you're back on the road for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I think that the consistency has just been because we've had the games played on and off, and whether we're at home or on the road, and our guys have re- really re- had a great response after a loss. And I'm um, just hoping to start a, a win streak here, you know, and, and starting with Saturday, that's, uh, we believe we can do it. We have the guys can do it, and I love the, 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 the leadership on our team. I love the feeling that they, they're giving off right now in practice. And, uh, you know, I'm honored to be their coach and just got to go out there, show some consistency, and try to dominate Saturday night. Good luck Saturday night. Yeah, we'll get it done. Thank you. All right, BYU and Boise on the blue, 8.15 Mountain Time kick. Fans, we'd love to see you here in studio with us for next week's show. To request seats, go to byucougars.com slash sitake show to get your seats right here. And we will talk to you next week for the coach, Kalani Sitake, Steve Clark, and Corbin Kafusi. I'm Greg Rubel. So long. Go Cougs. <laughs>